from the heart of Dubai, where tomorrow is being built today to the world. Welcome to the CTO Show with Mehmet. Here, we redefine technology and reimagine possibilities. With Mehmet, delve into the riveting realms of AI, cybersecurity, and digital technology. Experience the thrilling highs and lows of startups. Immerse yourself in the spirit of entrepreneurship and witness the future of business innovation being written in real time. Now, without further ado, let's tune in and explore the future. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the CTO Show with Mehmet. Uh, today, I'm very pleased to have with me joining live from Bali, Bruno. Bruno, thank you very much for joining me. Can you please a little bit tell us about yourself and what you do? Okay. Hello, everyone. And uh, thank you so much, Mehmet, for having me here in your show and sharing a little bit of what I'm doing with your community. So right now I'm based in Bali, Indonesia, and I'm the hub manager and co-founder for the ICP hub Indonesia. Uh, ICP is a layer one blockchain internet computer protocol, and we call it with the first three letter of the name. And um, our goal here in Indonesia, especially in Bali, starting from Bali, our goal is to um, make our hub a platform for web free education adoption, but also a platform where projects, founders, new ideas can come to us and ask for support for being incubated and accelerated and make them start to enjoy their journey on the IC ecosystem. That's great, Bruno. And maybe it would be a, you know, very interesting question, but I got, uh, you know, curious to know what brought you to the field of blockchain and uh, decentralized technology? Okay, this is, a, this is a nice story. Okay, so my background, I'm a biomedical engineer. I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in uh, biomedical engineering. And before to start to work in the crypto blockchain space, I used to work as a technical manager based in the USA for pharmaceutical companies. I was uh, taking care of all the biggest pharmaceutical in the world. I started traveling all over the world first, and then I moved to the U.S. where I was responsible for all pharmaceutical in North America. And what we were doing, it was making a quality inspection of drugs, but at the same time, we were installing a software that was able to track and trace the drugs. So this means mm -hmm. that I'm associating a unique code to every drug, that in this way you can know from the moment it's made in the lab until you have it in your hand. And if you think this is a concept that is kind of similar to blockchain, because the only difference is that data, instead of being stored on the blockchain, they were stored on the server of the pharmaceutical company. So um, what brought me into this space, it was essentially, I started in 2018 to do my first crypto investment by buying uh, Bitcoin. And um, I'm a long term holder, so I never sold my Bitcoin, even during the all time high of a couple of years ago. So I still hold the Bitcoin I, hold in, I bought in 2018. And from there, you know, the more you dig, dig deep into something, the more you want to know. And uh, for me, you know, I started to leverage my technical experience to understand more about this space from a technical point of view. And I was fascinated about it for the main problems that it can solve, starting from lack of trust, bringing balance into our world, you know, provide an opportunity to all those people that didn't have it until now. 
And because of this, you know, when I was in this corporate job, at some point I realized that I was not growing anymore because I had reached the maximum level of what I could learn. So because of this, I was not happy anymore with my job. And, you know, when you live in the U.S., you are always very much pushed by this uh, American dream of uh, betting on yourself. Let's not talk about the old American dream. Let's talk about the new idea of American dream. It's a little bit different. So let's say that uh, I decided to bet everything on myself. I quit everything. I moved to Bali and I started to be fully immersed into this world. So I started to give consultancy first to um, individuals and companies to show my expertise. I started to be invited to events, to be like a public speaker at conferences. I organized also my first crypto event last year. That was uh, the Bali Crypto Week. Uh, we had more than 1,200 people that attended the events and was amazing. And from there, you know, it was keep growing. I will tell you later about other projects that have been involved sure. that um, made, I think, a huge difference in uh, the space uh, at the moment. Wow. Bruno, like I can see, you know, the energy, it's coming out all the way from Bali yeah. to be here in Dubai. It seems like you are very passionate about it. So I am. Yeah. See, like when, when we talk and, uh, you know, I was recording an episode the other day and, you know, it's the same thing that comes. So when people think about blockchain, right? So they think about cryptocurrency. Now I will ask you about cryptocurrency, but you mentioned a very nice use case, uh, you know, which can be applied for pharmaceuticals, you know, biomedical engineering. But if we want today to explain it to someone um, in a more simple way, you know, this yeah, yeah, concept of blockchain. I got you. I got you. I know so, this is thing that, you know, is, is required most of the time, especially when you speak with people that have uh, no exactly. idea about this, this space, but they heard the word blockchain because of the hype that there is behind it, you know, because of uh, quick money that a lot of people made out of this space. So this right. is one main reason why there is all this hype because everybody wants to become a millionaire overnight. <laughs> let's say that moment has finished, guys. So you can still make money, but you got to make money in the smart way. But um, if I want to give a, a simple definition, like this is a definition that uh, I think even at five years old can understand. So basically, what is a blockchain? The main definition of a blockchain is that it's a ledger. But people will ask, yeah, but what is this ledger? So let's yeah. imagine just that uh, this blockchain is like you having a huge notebook where you can write every kind of information you want inside it. But when you write this information, you write them with like an indelible of a permanent marker to make sure that the information cannot be tampered. And this information are public, accessible to everyone. Like sometimes there is an example that I make. You know? Like uh, let's imagine that uh, we are playing to a game. Okay, it's me, you, and imagine other 20, 30 people. And we have one rule that every time before each one of us has to do a step, what is happening is that we need to check the result that has been recorded until that moment on the board. And we are each one of us owning, for example, a mobile phone where we can mm -hmm. always take a screenshot of this board. So what is happening is that every time before to do the next move, what each one of us has to do is to verify in the previous picture that the information is still the same, that nobody has tampered with them, nobody has yes. changed this information. 
So what is happening is that, uh, for example, after a bit that we are playing, maybe there is a shady actor, okay, someone that wants, you know, to make something illicit, something that is not right. And when everybody is distracted, is going on this board that is modifying, for example, his value or is taking out uh, some poem from somebody else. So what is happening is that now is the time to play and each one of us are still the previous picture of the result on the board. So we are checking this information and we notice that some values are different. And uh, I have the same picture, you have the same picture, another 19 people have the same picture. So we can all say, look, something went wrong. Somebody changed this information. But mm -hmm. we can null this information and make sure that that fake result is not uploaded on the board. And here we have the main principle of a blockchain. So a network that is working peer-to-peer. -peer. So this means that all the people involved in the network, all the players, they all have the same value. So one is equal one. It's not that my, my response is better than the response of somebody else. And then there is another important thing, the consensus protocol. So this means that until it's reached a consensus by all the people involved in the network, we cannot move forward and approve all the other information that are being placed inside. So basically, blockchain is just a huge notebook where you can write every kind of information you want. Nobody can tamper them. Nobody can alter this information, can delete them, but they are public for everybody to see. Now, from this explanation, you can understand that basically blockchain can be applied to everything from healthcare to real estate, to storing data like certificates about your school degree, bachelor degree, master degree, information about your identity for government use or financial transaction. So you just name the environment where you want to apply it and you can find like a solution, like you can find with blockchain a solution to a problem that is existing. Because the main reason why blockchain was created, it was to bring back trust to the people. Because right now, what is our main issue? We don't trust anything. We don't trust the neighbors. We don't trust the news. We don't trust the media. We don't trust the government. And every time we always have to rely on a third party that is guaranteeing us that those information that they are giving us are real. But how do we know if this information are real? Now, thanks to blockchain, we can solve some of this problem because with blockchain, we know that there is no more middleman. Now there is just software code that is in the middle and is making sure that once the information are there, they are there for good and nobody can change them. Nobody can alter them according to the result that they want to show. Right. I think this is a very nice, detailed explanation, yet simple, I would say, Bruno. Um, so guys, as you've seen, it's not only about cryptocurrency, right? So, oh, uh, absolutely. Cryptocurrency is just a consequence. This so, is what so, a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. So, but you know, the, the, actually the concept of maybe cryptocurrency was the best or the better way to explain things because usually, you know, they were telling people. You, I am A, you are B, and A want to send money to B, and usually you need a third party and someone can do there, and then I can send you the money directly. So maybe this is why, you know, people tied it to the cryptocurrency. Um, but let's go one more step, you know, in this decentralized, decentralized technology and talk about something which everyone call it as a DeFi or decentralized finance. So 
let's let's dig more into the DeFi and try to explain it also as well. So I truly believe that um, DeFi or decentralized finance is going to be the future. It's going to play a very important role in our future economy and in the way that uh, transactions are made, but also in the way that uh, money are being handled. Let me make an example to make you understand um, or to make better understand to who is listening to us, how DeFi, it can really, you know, disrupt the world that is surrounding us. So let's make the example of the United States of America. So if you want to borrow some money, what do you do? You go to a bank and you ask for money. What is happening is that in the moment you are asking for this appointment at the bank and you sit on the chair and you're speaking maybe with the bank manager, that person is already judging you according to the color of your skin, according to your religion, according to the way you've, you've been dressed or the way you're dressed in the moment you are having this meeting. And he can have some other bias because maybe, I don't know, that morning he fought, he fought with his wife, so he's not in the right mood to give a loan to people. And this is a problem because it has been proved right now that there is like a huge discrimination in the way that money are being lent and borrowed to people. Now, let's imagine instead that we have a smart contract. So a smart contract in simple terms is just a digital agreement that is making sure that is enforced by uh, software. So an agreement that is made between two parts in the moment that date is arriving, there is a software that is checking this information and is making sure that the terms are satisfied. Now, let's imagine that in the moment you need to ask for a loan, instead of going through the bank manager or the assistant or the physical person that might have a bias in giving a loan, this loan is given through smart contract. So what you're doing, you're submitting the request for how much money you want. You can specify what are the collateral that you are willing to give, but at the same time, the decision for understanding if you are a good or a bad payer is going to be given according to your history that is tracked on the blockchain. Like, for example, tracking information like if you pay your bills on time, how many things did you bought or borrowed in the past, and how much credit did you use. Like collecting all the information, you know, that are making us good payer, if we want to use this, uh, this term. And then we are going to have a contract that is checking this information and according to your credit history, is going to release your loan according to this. If you think this is a complete, completely revolutionized way on how to interact with the centralized finance. So the centralized finance, it means that, that you don't have any more to go through a bank. That is a centralized environment. Centralized environment, it means that there is a central authority that is taking decision. Having a decentralized environment, it means that it's completely decentralized. There is no central authority that is taking decision, but these decisions are taken accor according to the smart contract or this, this digital agreement that are being put in place between two parties that are involved. And I think that this is going to be like completely disruptive for our future because it's really going to make a difference, especially right. the not more, the not wealthy people. Yeah. So it, it gives power to the people and uh, I think it provides more transparency, uh, to these kinds of transactions, whether like it's a loan or maybe any other kind of thing that usually you do with a bank. Now, one thing, and let me be a little bit the devil advocate here. So. 
don't you think, Bruno, that some of the scams that happen in cryptocurrency and even with some Web3 project have affected, you know, the acceptance of people of the technology and how we can get back people to get trust in, 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 in DeFi and blockchain? I, I have the reply by bringing regulation. That's how we are going to avoid that there is going to be all this scam. Because the reason why there has been so much scam, because this is the, like the Wild West. There is no regulation. Everybody can do what they want. But the reason why we need the regulation is for giving trust, first of all, to the institution and governments that can become the big player and that can push for the bigger adoption. Because when the little fish is seeing the whale moving in a certain direction, it's going to feel more, more trust. But at the same time, it's also, you know, for preserving the status of all the little fish that are in the sea that maybe are approaching this space for experimenting or because they want to know what is happening. And they are willing to believe whoever is promising them something because at the end, you know, these people who are making promise, they know that nothing can be done to them. Nobody can, you know, um, pursue them and say, hey, you did something wrong. This was not okay. So I think so. I, I, I agree with what you are saying that unfortunately all these scams that happen, they brought a bad name into the space. But it's also true that the space, that all the blockchain and crypto space is working very hard to make sure that this kind of scam don't happen and to make sure that people are safe in the moment they are approaching this environment. But I think that what is really going to make a difference is to bring more regulation on board. I know that this might sound uh, uh, not in line with uh, what some of the, let's say, the more decentralized people will say because they want an environment that is fully decentralized. But unfortunately, an environment that is fully decentralized, it means that it's an environment that will not be safe, where, you know, the big fish that is coming and putting more money on the table, it's always going to be, you know, the one that can do whatever they want. And we need to stop this kind of, uh, of behavior. And the best way of doing it is by implementing some kind of regulation that will implement also some kind of punishment for these people. Of course, the punishment has to be according to what is the, the mistake, the scam that right. has been formed. Like um, the guy that created the Silk Road uh, website for 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when it was, he's still in jail. And he will be in jail for life for just creating a website. Like, this is a really bad punishment, honestly. Considering that there are people like um, Sam from FTX that is just signing deal, you know, to don't reveal the name of the politicians that are involved and we don't know uh, what he's going to add. So from my point of view, the punishment must be, you know, also according to what uh, is the crime, of course. But... We need regulation. This is the most important thing of all. We need to make sure that people feel safe and they feel safe because at the end, even if we believe in decentralization, we believe in a world where there is no border, we still have, you know, each, from each country we are coming from, there is always a government that in some way or another, it's supposed to yes. take care of us. It's supposed to take care of our interests. So this is what we want to see now. We want to see government more involved. We've seen the European Union with the Mika coming out and already put, mm, throwing out a little bit of clarification on how to use it. We have Hong Kong 
where, for example, new rules are coming out every day and we can see that there is a, a more adoption for the crypto space. Unfortunately, we see countries like the USA that are, you know, have been until now the one, you know, bringing the flag of innovation in top, on top of everyone. And now, unfortunately, they are behaving like we are still in the 1930s, uh, trying to apply rules that have been written in another century for a technology that cannot even use this kind of rules because we are talking of two things that are completely different. It's like we want to make regulation for uh, Tesla car, for fast car, and we use as a guideline the rules that were used for coaches with horses. It's the same thing. It, it doesn't make any sense. You need to apply rules for the technology or for the environment that you're trying to regulate. 100%. And I will just add to the list that you gave uh, from pro uh, supportive perspective, the UAE here where I, I am living. So, oh, yes, you know, right. yeah, so, so all the laws are in place. Uh, and actually, you know, some the smart contracts are being used in some use cases. And, you know, the way I look at it, Bruno, is... It's, it's not you are putting a middleman. As you said, you are just adding actually transparency. So, you know, this company that comes up with a Web3 or DeFi or any blockchain project, uh, they have to be more transparent about what's happening over there and, uh, you know, educate actually whoever is interested, he or she, in, in the technology. So 100% with you on this. And I believe if we do the regulation, we will see huge adoption because I always, and I discussed it a couple of times, and I do a lot of research as well, uh, the, like it has endless uh, potential, you know, from uh, supply chain to, you know, education, healthcare. You can apply it multiple places and, um, you know, and actually people should feel safer if they use blockchain, I would exactly. say. Um, exactly. Now, let's talk a little bit about you know, your current, uh, you know, what's taking the majority of your time, the ICP, the Internet Computer Protocol. So tell me more, what are you doing there and, you know, wh what's happening? So I'm, uh, I'm really happy about what is happening right now and about this new position that I'm cover. I'm covering as co-founder and app manager for the ICP app in Indonesia. Uh, I named it uh, Disruptives because I believe that uh, we live in a space where we need to be disruptive compared to what is happening around us. But what is making really disruptive is not the single idea, but it's the collectivity, it's the community, is the amount of ideas that are being put together and are working to make a change. So what is happening with these ICP hubs? At the moment, we have already more than 15 hubs open all over the world. And by the end of the year, it's gonna be more than 20. So the role of this apps, it is to spread the news and especially to promote adoption and bring new projects to develop on the IC ecosystem. And um, the reason why we are opening all these apps, it's because, you know, we understood that crypto and blockchain is not a global product, like it can be Microsoft or Tesla that you just uh, promote it and everybody use it in the same way all over the place. We understood that instead blockchain and crypto are a local game. So this means that we need to approach it locally according to what are the regulation, the traditions, the cultures, the existing community, what is the landscape, what is happening, what are the bottlenecks, what are the advantages, and leverage the connection, professionalism, and skill of the app manager like me that, are, that can bring value 
to this blockchain. So one of the reasons why I like um, ICP so much, I was, um, I, I, I've been working with this blockchain uh, even on another project before to join them. And uh, I really believe that this blockchain, it's um, completely revolutionary compared to many other blockchain in terms of um, decentralization, because it's fully on chain. It doesn't use any kind of uh, clouding system. Uh, it's a green blockchain. It's one of the greenest blockchain. One transaction on ICP is four times cheaper than a Google research in terms of uh, energy spending. Then um, the amazing thing is the fact that you can use the centralized applications without having the needs of uh, having a wallet or owning currency and in this way being exposed to the mm -hmm. travel trouble of uh, uh, crypto speculation, like it can be with many other blockchain where you have to pay a transaction fee every time that you are performing any kind of action. So because of this uh, and many other reasons, uh, I really believe that ICP can bring um, a drastic change into our society and uh, in the way that also business uh, and especially micro, small and medium-sized enterprise uh, can approach this uh, new technology. So because of this, you know, what we are doing right now with this ICP hub is taking care of um, education, adoption, and evangelism. And at the same time, our goal is to attract new projects, um, early stage idea, but even startup to develop on the IC ecosystem. Of course, we provide different kinds of supports that it goes from community grants that have the purpose of support local communities and spread the news about uh, the new technologies and especially about IC. And then we have also like more than 220 million that have been put aside for developer grants. So this means that these are funds that the blockchain want to be used by projects for developing on the IC ecosystem. So this means that these funds come also with a lot of support and assistance to make sure that your project can see its life on the IC ecosystem. And then I'm really proud of what we are doing because I think we can make a difference in terms of uh, bringing value around the world, not only to local communities, uh, but then starting from uh, the local communities, arriving to a global reach. That's great to hear, Bruno. And I like, you know, that you are, you know, these startups are not tying um, to, to cryptocurrency necessarily, uh, which is one of the things that, personally speaking, I get approached by a lot of startups. I see the value of the idea, but whenever I see that, you know, there's a coin associated to it. So I start to put my question marks. Uh, I, I've been like... Variables. That's yeah, why. I've been skeptic a little bit about it. It's not because I don't trust the technology, but, you know, putting this, and I think maybe you will agree with me or no, but if a startup is talking too much about the value of the whatever cryptocurrency that they are developing more than the technology itself, this is... This is turns like bad to them, right? Uh, honestly, yes. Honestly, yes. Because, you know, in the moment you're introducing a token, you know that you are introducing a lot of variables that have, if those have been not thought in the right way, they can really bring a lot of damage. That's why, you know, I believe that first you develop the project, you develop the idea, you show that you have a solution. And maybe in a second stage, if it's really needed to have a coin or a token, then you can think about implementing one and offering it to your community. Like, look, uh, with this point that you brought, if you want, I would like to 
sure. introduced like uh, one project that um, I've been working with it personally. I was the blockchain development manager and we developed it on the internet computer protocol. And this can be like a clear example of um, a project that is using blockchain and is not using any kind of coin or tokens. So um, the, the project is called Feder Italy, 100% made in Italy. And this is a project that has been created for giving back trust to the consumers that every day when they are buying Italian product and they are willing to spend more money to buy a product of quality, they don't have any certainty that the project that they are buying is really what they say it is. How many times it happens also to you or to all the audience that is listening to us that you go, for example, to buy some um, cheese or mozzarella or you want to buy some salami or you want to buy a piece of clothes or some furniture and it's written that it's made in Italy. You see that there is a little flag, a brand, and you are willing to spend more money because you know this is a product that is coming from Italy. And then maybe, you know, if you read good where it was produced, uh, you, you're buying a mozzarella that maybe is made in Ohio or is made in, uh, in Australia and it's not made in Italy, but that's just the name of Italy. And if you think this is a big problem, especially for Italy, because uh, this, is, this problem is called Italian sounding. And this is a problem also for our economy. Because if you think, for example, the Parmigiano-Reggiano, it's billing every year $3 billion. The fake Parmigiano-Reggiano that I think a lot of people knows as the Parmesan, it's billing $2.5 billion a year. So this means wow. that it's almost the same. And this is a damage for the Italian uh, reputation, for the Italian economy. And especially it's a problem for all the micro, small and medium-sized enterprise that are investing so much money and time in producing a product quality, and then they cannot compete because maybe they are selling the same product at a different price. And right. this would be like a real problem, if you think. So what is the solution that we found? So Pedritali is a federation that is hosting more than 7,000 companies and business professionals as part of their network. And what is happening with uh, Federital is that uh, we talk with the Chamber of Commerce uh, around the world, the different embassies. We have 24 de delegations in 24 states all over four continents. We are very well connected with, um, with the Italian Senate, the Italian uh, Chamber of Deputies. Uh, we speak also with the European Parliament and the European Commission. We recently pre presented the project at the European Commission in Bruxelles like one month ago. And before this, we presented the project also at the Italian Senate in Rome, in Italy. So what is that we are doing? So imagine that there is a producer that has, for example, uh, some wine, okay? It has a bottle of wine and he wants uh, that this product is 100% made in Italy. And he wants to prove to his consumers that this product is a really a product of quality. So what this guy is doing is coming to Feder Italy. Feder Italy is putting in place an audit. So this means that uh, during this audit, we are performing first a documental analysis from where the, pro the materials are arriving, what is the process, because with the documentation that is coming from the transportation, you can know from where a product is coming. So you can say the origin, the origin of this product is coming from Italy or is coming from China, Switzerland, or wherever it is. So what mm -hmm. is up? That in the moment we first check all the documental analysis, we say, okay, everything is good. Now we can move to the next step. We send one of our auditors to go directly on site. And when he will be on site, he will perform a visual inspection with pictures and videos. And again, by analyzing personally 
every process for making a certain product after. And this is going to take uh, the whole process, documental and visual inspection is going to take around 30 to 60 days, according to the amount of products that uh, this company is going to certify. Once the information uh, has been uh, confirmed that the product is 100% made in Italy, we are going to upload all this information into a smart contract on the Internet Computer Protocol blockchain. A QR code is generated. This QR code is given to the producer that he can apply it on all the certified product and on all the marketing material. If you think right now, when you see a QR code on uh, whatever product, there are three scenarios that are happening. Nothing is going on. You are being provided with a number that you don't know what to do with it, or you are just being redirected to the website of the producer. Imagine instead that now you are being redirected to a decentralized website that is fully on-chain, so the user is not exposed anymore to the risk of a centralized website that is collecting information and everything they want, you know, to gain power from the people. And then what is happening is that this decentralized website is speaking directly with the smart contract, is retrieving the information from the certification. Is showing this certification in a customized UI UX page. And then you have that from there, not only you have the certificate with all the details of the certification, but we introduce also an experience page. And this experience page is a page where, for example, a producer can upload any kind of multimedia file from a picture, videos, brochure, PDF, doc, whatever kind of multimedia file completely on-chain, so nothing is on external server where somebody can unplug it and the information are lost. So everything is on the blockchain. And this is a new way also promoting what is happening. What is happening is that me, average consumer that wants to buy a product that is Italian and they see that it has the QR code of the 100% made in Italy certification. Now I'm sure that when I'm buying this product is a product quality that all the information are on the blockchain and I don't need any wallet or token to check this information like it would happen on any other blockchain. I'm just visualizing them and I'm not exposed to any kind of risk associated to cryptocurrency. And this is a, a great example for mass adoption because this is the main way people want to use blockchain, apologize, they want to use blockchain knowing that they are not using blockchain. It's like, you know, you got to take a plane you don't go and knock uh, at the uh, at the cabin of the of the captain and say, "Hey, captain, please, can I check the engine before we fly?" No, you just go sit, fall asleep, and arrive to their destination. And the same thing has to be with blockchain. People need to use it without knowing that they are using. It. Wow, actually, this is a very good scenario, I would say, Bruno. Um, Thank you. And you know, I actually from this case. Yeah, you should. And it's a, a, a good use case to show uh, on multiple things, you know, like first, protecting economy. Second, actually, you can even track this product. I mean, is it like from the origin where it came from or not? And now I'm even visualizing with you because maybe the, the, the factory can put, for example, a video or a photo of, you know, this cheese when it was actually maybe produced, right? So to add like uh, this, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's hundred percent made in Italy. Like additional and information, you know, that can make storytelling becomes more real. 
exactly. And uh, guys, have you, you you seen it or you heard it? Like uh, it doesn't have to put a coin into. Maybe in the future they could like kind of donation, maybe right or. Uh... Look, this is something that has been discussed, but briefly, in terms of that maybe in the future, you know, we can introduce some kind of coin or tokens, but that it can work similar to maybe a voucher. Where, for example, you know, companies can reuse this coin for buying another certification because also the certification, it lasts only one year. And during this year, we do also random control to make sure that they are not, you know, modifying anything from the moment that, you know, mm -hmm. certification. That's good. That's good. Now, question is, uh, you know, I, I, because you, you act as a, an innovation hub and uh, kind of an incubator. So you are accepting only local uh, startups in, in, in Bali, or is it like something global you're doing? So look, for now we are, um, because as I told you, there are many hubs in different regions. So each region now will have its own ICP hubs. So if you are coming, for example, from North America, you can speak with the ICP app from North America. If you come from Latin America, you can speak with the ICP app from Latin America. And the same thing for any other region. So this means that uh, for now I'm focused on incubating and accelerating projects that are, that are coming from Indonesia. And if you think this is not a small job because Indonesia is like uh, the fourth most populated country in the world, 280 million people, 17,000 islands, the statistics are really great for this country. But um, in the future, let's say in the next uh, six months, our goal it will be to start also an incubator accelerator that will work online. So this means that we will have also the possibility of sharing uh, the knowledge that we will provide to local companies, also for people that are coming from uh, other country or, or from other side of the world. That's that's good to know. Now, something maybe a little bit um, not directly related, but I'm sure like you would have, uh, uh, you know, some competitors and you need to, to keep focusing on the industry trends. So... How do you plan this? What is your strategy, uh, planning, you know, strategy uh, to, to keep up with all the threads that comes up and maybe some competition as well? So the, the trick is always the same. Study a lot. So this is what I, I really try to be always up to date with everything that is happening. And in terms of the competition, let's say that, you know, uh, I really believe that uh, what ICP is bringing is it's different from other solutions. So because of this, you know, I know that we are working with a very reliable product that it can really make a difference. So at the end of the final choice of which blockchain to use or which blockchain to implement or what kind of deployment to do, the final choice at the end goes to the end user. And let's say that um, I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm saying uh, to other competitor, if I want to use this word, word that, um, hey, me, it's me and you, it's nothing. No, I'm always actually open for collaboration with everyone because I believe that uh, the future will involve several of these technologies. I don't believe that there will be, you know, the monopoly only of one uh, blockchain or one protocol, but I believe like in the common working together uh, with other blockchain, like for example, Internet Computer Protocol recently launched the Bitcoin integration. So this means that without any bridges, you can use Bitcoin and all the advantages of the IC ecosystem. 
And uh, very soon, um, in the next months, we are going to come out also with Ethereum integration. So we will be able to speak directly with the smart contract on the Ethereum blockchain. And uh, this will open the door to a lot of developers that are maybe not familiar with our ecosystem. They're more familiar with an ecosystem like the one of Ethereum that it's uh, a long term that uh, is on the scene. So because of this, of course, uh, it has like more people that are using it. But uh, I think that with this integration, we are going to open the door uh, to a lot of um, developers and communities and existing projects to explore also um, our solutions. So um, I don't feel like I'm in competition, but I feel like I'm uh, collaborating with everyone that is involved. I believe that uh, us all that are part of these uh, different ecosystems that are involved with innovation and with technologies, I like to define ourselves as the pioneers of the futures. Because at the end, I believe that right now we are still in a phase where we are scratching the surface and there is still so much that is going to happen that I think that the future is going to blow our mind. That's great. I like the idea of, you know, collaboration. And because you brought this, so other than blockchain, Bruno, what is, what is the other technology that, you know, you feel also can have a lot of impact? Uh, I think you know already what is the answer. <laughs> is, is there any? There is the two letters more said. Is there, is there, is there any, any engagement or marriage we can say between uh, blockchain and AI? Can you, can you say, can you uh, see any absolutely. trends? Absolutely. Also, we as uh, Internet Computer Protocol, we are promoting a lot for uh, developing the artificial intelligence solution on the IC ecosystem, like for example, new way of creating machine, uh, machine learning or a new way of creating governance or token, but especially the way where I, I really believe that artificial intelligence is going to make a difference in blockchain is going to be in the moment, uh, like uh, we have an artificial intelligence in, capable of translating automatically any kind of uh, instruction into the right coding uh, program for that specific blockchain, or mm. for example, even for auditing code. At the end, smart contracts are public. So everything is public. So this means that if we have a tool that is using artificial intelligence for checking what is written inside the smart contract, you don't need to be anymore like, you know, the greatest developer in the world to be able to know what is written in a contract. You can do it easily with artificial intelligence. And um, I know that solutions like this are already being deployed and that they are being improved every day. So I really, I, I know that there is a lot of critique right now for artificial intelligence because everybody says it's going to take your job, it's going to take my job, it's going to put people in the street. I actually believe the opposite because even if it's going to replace some job, it's going to create much more new jobs. At the end, you know, this is the same thing that happened 30 years ago. When the new computers came out, if you remember, there were the first Microsoft programs like Excel, Office, Word, and people were like, oh, I don't need this. I still have my notebook. I don't need to write it down on the computer. And there were the people that, you know, that were feeling that uh, these tools, instead of enhancing their productivity, because this is actually what is happening when you use Word, Excel, or PowerPoint, you are enhancing the way work on your presentation, you write documents, you report numbers. The same thing now is happening with artificial intelligence. Now we have a new tool that is allowing us to do everything in a, in a shorter way with much bigger results. Of course, the human intervention 
it's always going to be needed because artificial intelligence is lacking the common sense. It's lacking, you know, everything that is making us humans unique. So that's why I believe that in the future, we're going to have like a 70% of work done by artificial intelligence and 30% of work for delivering a result made by uh, the humans. 100%. And actually, as you know, it's, it became now a standard word um, where we talk about using AI as a tool and augmenting your, um, your uh, powers, I would say. It's like the calculator or the smartphone, right? So yes, exactly. We can say the same thing. Um, Bruno, like, um, I'm not sure if I should ask you, but because at the beginning you mentioned that this hype of trading cryptocurrency is not there anymore. Like, well, what you can tell people who are, you know, the, the guys who are um, very much into crypto, like, what's going in that space? So, you know, why everybody got interested in Bitcoin and in uh, cryptocurrency? They become everybody got interested in the moment Bitcoin reached $70,000. Because since the moment it was 80 cents, every year everybody was saying that Bitcoin was not going to die, that blockchain was not going to exist anymore, that cryptocurrency was a scam and this and that. Then, you know, Bitcoin reached $70,000. We had an amazing bull market where a lot of people made lots of money even overnight. The thing is that right now we are in better market. Right now, even if there is correction, there is movement going up, we still are not out from the, let's say, the, the cycle of the bear market. So because of this, you know, I'm saying uh, don't get passionate about the technology only because of the speculation that you mm. can make out of it. May become passionate about it because of the solution that it can bring in our space, because sometimes, you know, the price of a coin doesn't reflect the actual value that it has in terms of utility. And this is something that needs to be taken care of because, you know, at the end, the price of a token is the price that you are willing to pay for having it. And also, you know, there are other parameters to keep in mind, like, for example, how much it's scarce how much it's a deflationary, how much, you know, it has a utility, if you use it for governance. There are many, many, many parameters and variables that you need to keep in mind when you are approaching a, a crypto project, especially from the speculation point of view. So because I'm not a speculator, and as I told you, I approach it as an engineer, so I approach it from the technical point of view, and I honestly do mostly long-term investment. So if I invest in a project, I don't invest for one month, one year, but usually invest for a period that goes from three to five, seven years. And I told you, I bought Bitcoin in 2018. I never sold them because I'm still think that we are not there yet where we are supposed to be. And I want that Bitcoin to become like my pension. So I want to have something that is going to keep me safe for the future. So because of this, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the, pers the best person to give trading advice because I don't... No, we are not. We are not giving trading advice. But I'm just saying, uh, before you invest into something, um, read about it, discover it, check their competitor, check about their teams, check about their solutions, see if there are similar solutions to it and understand why this one that catch your eyes is better than the other one that are existing. Check their community, check their Twitter, their LinkedIn, their Instagram, 
see how many people are interacting, how many people are using it, and understand on your own, because this is the, this is the point of decentralization. You don't want anymore to have a middle, a middleman, a third party that is telling you, do this, do that. These decisions now are all yours. So if you make a good decision, clap for you. If you make a bad decision, clap for you as well, because it was anyway your decision. So if you are successful, if you fail, it's always your decision. And this is the amazing thing, because in, in our path, you know, uh, the path cannot be always a straight line of success. Mm. The path right. is up and down. And actually, the more failure you have along the way, the more things you are learning and the more you are going to arrive prepared to your final goals. 100%. It's your decision. And this is why it's decentralized because you don't need to rely on an analyst telling you, is it going up or down? Exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I like, you know, when you said go and study it because, you know, I had a lot of discussions here in Dubai. You know, I start to meet people in, in some meetup groups. And so, and I said, okay, the first question I asked them, why did you go into crypto? Because when I tell them, like, I'm into tech, so ah, what do you think about blockchain? And they ask, why are you invested? Themselves, they don't know. They just follow their hype. And said, yeah, but next time, try to study, try to understand what you are doing over here. So it was very good advice. It's not a trading advice. No, it's actually, it. yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I would say it's a friendly advice and they should take it. Uh, Bruno asks, you know, we come to an end. I have very famous question. So, uh, is there anything you wished I had asked you and how you would answer it? Honestly, Mehmet, I'm, I'm very happy about this conversation because, you know, we, we went with the flow. I think we covered a lot of information. Actually, you know, uh, if you have more questions, we can do another show. hundred percent. And where they can find more about the internet uh, computing uh, protocol and you, Bruno? Okay, so if you want more information about the IC ecosystem, you can go on their website. It's internetcomputer.org. On the website, there is everything public. You can see everything about this blockchain, what are its advantages, who are the team, and what are the new things that are coming up. So please go and check the website because it's super cool. It's been designed really nice, and there is everything that you need to understand what is happening. And for reaching out with me, guys, you can contact me on LinkedIn. You can find me as Bruno Canapretta and uh, reach out to me, send me a DM, book a call with me. Looking forward always to meet new people and uh, to share more about what I'm doing and about the change that I'm trying to make in this world. Great. Thank you very much, Bruno, for your time today. And guys, I will make sure that the links that Bruno mentioned, they will be in the description of the episode. And please let me know how you think this episode went. I like to hear your feedback. And if you are interested in being a guest also on the show, don't be shy. Reach out to me. My guests are, you know, from all over the place. So we can arrange for a time and we can do the recording. And as I say at the end of each episode, I hope you are enjoying and keep the feedbacks coming. Thank you very much. And we will meet again in the next episode soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.